Hello and welcome back. Again, I want to thank everybody so, so much for all of your support, whether it's financial, emotional, just telling me how this has affected you, encouraging me to continue on, and any questions that you might have had. I really, really appreciate all the feedback that I've been getting, and I just want to let you know how much I really appreciate you. If you want to reach out to me, other than through this anchor, which is where I do my recording, but I know that this podcast is available on other um, podcast sites, um, you can send me an email at isurvivedchildhood at gmail.com, and I'll put that email address in the description, and um, I, I just love hearing from you, so thank you so much for all of that. On this video, I don't think there's going to be any trigger warnings I want to talk about dating after coming out of a relationship of domestic violence. And before we get started, I always feel that this is very, very important to let you know about. But if you or somebody that you know is in a situation where you think there might be domestic violence, you can contact the domestic violence hotline at 800-799-7233. And that phone number will also be in the description below. So, I want to talk about today dating after getting out of an abusive relationship. And um, I, I do want to say, first of all, this is a very, very personal decision to make. So, I'm basically going to tell you my story. But from talking and listening to other people, I find that there's really almost two extremes, you know, when you first get out and you're contemplating or the subject comes up about dating after uh, a, a violent relationship. And one is people are just terrified. Um, and I was kind of like that in a way. Um, and I've heard other people say this, but I felt this way too. It's like you're just a, a jerk magnet. And that's a nice way of putting it. But you feel like, you know, you attract people who, um, if they're not violent, then they just don't have that respect for you that they should have, even though they may not be actually physically harming you. So, that, And that's how I felt for a long time. I just felt like I attracted people who were buttheads. Um, and then there's the other, the other end of the spectrum, people who, you know, they just jump right into another relationship and it turns out to be you know uh, the pattern and they just don't seem to understand why this keeps happening um and so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about what I did what my thoughts are on that and um we'll just go from there so actually my thoughts are well I'll just tell you how I did it so my husband left me and um after I got over the traumatic part of coming out of a relationship and decided that, you know, I'm over it and it's time to move on with my life, I did date a little bit, very little bit, um, like just a couple people. And it occurred to me, really, this was the motivating factor for me. I had children in my house and I had already had experience with bringing somebody into my family who abused my son who was from a previous marriage so 
when the light went on in my head, I decided that maybe I should take a break. This was really, I guess my children were my biggest motivating factor. I always knew that I didn't want to abuse my children, but I didn't want anybody else abusing them. And I had a lot less control over that. So I made some decisions based on my experience and what I wanted to accomplish in my own personal life. Um, as far as how I handled this. So once I, I realized that, um, and at the same time, I was still trying to recover from being abused. So I was still in therapy and I had my kids in therapy and, you know, I was still managing, for lack of a better word, how much I would allow my ex to interfere. I would, I would say that's just the easiest way to say it um, because he was still you know trying to have control over me and ridicule me and so on and so forth um, but all the legal stuff was over with and you know my kids and I had moved we weren't in the same house anymore and things were starting to settle down we were getting back to some kind of stability and so I just decided that I wasn't going to date anybody. And, and, and I can tell you, you know, it's so funny because um, when people people were still asking me out on dates and I was just like, no, you know, it's not you. I just need to work some things out. And my, my girlfriends who, you know, were questioning why I wasn't going out on dates because people were trying to set me up with, you know, people that they knew and so on and so forth. Um, they kind of thought it was unhealthy because it's not normal. I mean, I think it is a normal thing for adults and young adults to engage in, in relationships that are meant to grow and be more substantial um, in more intimate relationships. I mean, that's just a normal thing. But for me, it wasn't normal because I didn't know how to be normal. And I didn't know how to recognize normal. And so... That's really what my plan was, was to figure this out and just create a calm space for my kids. And it was really interesting. So for me, this went on for five years. Five years, I didn't go on a single date. I knew people of both sexes and did community things together. I talked to men, um, not, you know, long conversations on the telephone that kind of thing that would possibly lead to a relationship, but in social settings. So with my church, in my business, in the community, at the schools, you know, different functions that went along. I mean, I didn't withdraw from society. I just did not invite another man into my life in a more intimate way. And um, I was able to um, cultivate a, a pretty good circle of people that I considered friends and um you know if, if being a single mom there were times when I needed some help and there was somebody there to help me out when I needed it um but I also learned how to do a lot of things on my own and just to backtrack a little bit I mean I had learned how to be fairly independent just you know from life experiences and I was in my 30s um but backtracking and this is really very relevant because it was one of the things that I had to recognize and address was, you know, my original abuser, my mother, 
kept me very sheltered or isolated. I was not allowed to do certain things. And some of it, I think, was, you know, I always try to be fair. So I think some of it was her distorted um, perception of what is good parenting. So I didn't know how to initiate a conversation on an adult level to maybe take a plane to go somewhere or to accomplish some kind of business transaction that I needed to um, because something had to be done within the household and that kind of stuff. So I was learning how to be independent and how to be resourceful, um, which is a big deal being a single parent, regardless of whatever relationship you come out of. You know, um, even with child support, you don't have that full income or maybe the contact connections that you had with with another partner. So learning how to be resourceful for things that I personally didn't have the knowledge to do, like maybe a car repair or, you know, finding something that I might need and, and things like that. So I learned that along the way, uh, how to how to be resourceful and how to come up with money to pay for an unexpected expense and different things, uh, which is actually very rewarding. You know, after I realized after a period of years that we were okay. We had a house, we had food on the table. My kids were, you know, doing pretty good in school and, you know, I was doing okay at my job and just all this normal day-to-day -day life. And I, I was actually doing it on my own. And that was so satisfying and it was very, very empowering. Um, so it just became a way of life for us after a while. I didn't really feel a need to bring somebody into my life to disrupt that pattern or possibly take away this new strength that I had found within myself. And then a really big tragedy kind of happened and that's what changed things. So what had happened was my son got hit by a car. He's fine. He's alive. He was hurt pretty bad, but, um, you know, it wasn't completely devastating where I lost a child. Um, and like I said, I had a lot of people in my community that were very helpful and things had calmed down between my ex. So he helped me with my girls and I had people helping me get my son to his appointments after he got out of the hospital. He had to go for physical therapy for quite a while and had some other appointments and during this period, it was different from when I was actively healing and trying to recover. I didn't have a, a bunch of appointments that I had to keep that were filling my time. So I would come home at night and my house would be empty. There'd be no children there. And it was so quiet. And even though people were helping me, and I could talk to them, you know, and let them know, oh, it was terrible. You know, my son got hit by a car. I was so scared I was going to lose him. You know, those kinds of things. What I realized was missing was that deeper level of intimacy. And I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about that mental int intimacy where you can expose those raw parts of your emotions and your soul to somebody. That, that kind of intimacy. And, um, that's when I decided to date again. And it was, it was a still a slow process. Um, so 
when I made that decision, then I had to decide, well, okay, I know what I don't want in a relationship, and that is I don't want somebody who's going to be abusive, very clearly. Excuse me. <coughs> I'm so sorry for that. Um, but I also had to define what it was that I did want in a relationship as far as, um, you know, the person that I was looking for. So I have a type, you know, that I like, I find physically attractive. And I mean, that's really, honestly, that is the most shallow part of the whole thing. And I think that's where a lot of people just in general get lost as they look at the physical and they don't look beyond that. And, um, that was a big deal for me because, um, there were people in my community whose marriages dissolved simply because they got older, which I think is really, really unfair. And I didn't want that. I wanted somebody that I could be with for a long time to the end, the very end, not the end of when we decide, but when God decides, you know, and somebody's just no longer on this earth, whether it's me or him, that's what I was looking for, a lifetime commitment. And um, so I decided that one of the most important things for me was that I found somebody that I still wanted to talk to when we weren't cute anymore, you know, and um, I did find that person, by the way, in case you're wondering, there is hope, but it took a long time and a lot of um, hunting and pecking and actually to give you a number, it took me 10 years. So I did date for 10 years before I found the person that I wanted to settle with. Now, there's, there's two other factors that go into that. And one is I was not going to cohabitate with anybody until my children were grown because I still didn't trust them enough. I still don't to this day trust anybody enough to live with my children and, and think that they can abuse them, even though they're grown now. I mean, I, you know, if I should happen to live with my children, it would be a completely different circumstance because they're adults. But I didn't want somebody coming in and thinking that, you know, I wasn't raising my teenagers the way they thought I should because I was still getting some of that just from the outside world. They did, you know, there were things that I did that not everybody agreed with, but um, I didn't want them coming in and, and abusing them. And particularly with girls, I didn't want some man coming into my house and doing the unthinkable to my, my, my girls or my son, but, you know, um, particularly the girls. So... I waited for everybody to be grown up and that came out to about 15 years before I actually moved in with the person that I'm living with today and um, we've been together for quite a long time so my youngest just turned 30 last month and um, I'm trying to think I think it was 2008 when when we decided to live together so um, you know there was some it was, it took a while and there were a lot of people that I dated one or two times and actually most of them, to be quite frank with you, most of them, you know, there just wasn't enough there to continue on. And sometimes that was, you know, them feeling that way about me or me feeling that way about them. And, uh, you know, that's fine. I don't, I didn't really have a problem with people rejecting me because it, I didn't, I would rather that than somebody lie to me and carry on for too long. And I had two other relationships before this one that I'm in now um, that were what I would call significant. So one of them 
and I'm, I'm still friends with this guy now, although we don't talk very often. We really did connect very well mentally, um, but he's a, he's a good guy. I, I don't really want to badmouth him. He never abused me. He was very encouraging. Um, he was just a really good guy, and mentally, like I said, we had a really good connection. The problem that I had with him, and this was so important, he had ambitions, and that's, that's great. And maybe I was selfish in this regard, but it's where I needed. So um, because of the ambitions that he had, and they were political, um, he was a very social person. And there were times when he would forget about me because something unexpected came up in the community and he was out helping somebody, which, you know, that's a double-edged sword because, like I said, he's a, he's a good guy. He really is. Um, but... It's not something, I have to be honest, it's not something that I would be able to tolerate long term. And so that ended, that relationship ended. And the other relationship that was significant, um, I had, it was a guy that I actually grew up with. Um, and we had a lot of fun together. He, he was fun. He was a fun guy. But um in the beginning, he kind of played games with me, and I had to put a stop to that right away. And um, then the other thing that happened, and this was kind of the clincher for me. So in during the time that I was dating him, I bought a house, and um, behind the house there was a bar. And so while the house was being built, I would go to this bar on the weekends just to kind of see what kind of crowd went in there because if it was going to be a rowdy crowd or people were you know violent and doing terrible things in the parking lot you know whether it be selling drugs or fistfights or whatever I really didn't want to live next to something like that because it was literally like right behind my backyard um so I started going there and I would go with a friend of mine and a female and um we became friends with this one specific band that was there. So it was five guys, five guys in this band. And we became friends with them. And um, that was it, though. I mean, they were, they were just friends. And uh, we always invited my guy that I was dating at the time to come along. And he would always say, no, you know, it's girls' night out. But he would start acting weird. And um, one of the things that, that kind of... I guess got to him he was listening to my daughter who was like 11 or 12 at the time and she would say mommy's dating the band because this dating thing was still kind of unusual for them they were used to me being you know just by myself and so here I was you know occasionally I would have a, a boyfriend or I might go on a date but they didn't know a lot about my dating because I did it when they were with their dad so it was weird to them and then she's at that age she's 11 maybe 12. So she's starting to realize, you know, things about those kind of relationships at that age, you know, it's just a normal thing for her. But she, she was a, a little kid, you know, she didn't understand the dynamics of male and female relationships, whether they be platonic or more intimate. And so she said this, and she said it in front of the guy that I was dating. And I'm like, you know, I kind of blew it off because I realized, you know, she's just a kid and didn't really understand. And I, you know, tried not to involve her too much in f with that part of my life but he took it seriously 
And so he started acting weirder and weirder and weirder and eventually started making comments. And I could tell he was, he was getting jealous. And finally I was like, you know, that's enough. Put two and two together here. So if, if I'm dating anybody else besides you when I'm not supposed to be, you know, we've agreed to be exclusive, you know, then I'm not trustworthy. And if I'm dating five guys all at the same time in the same group, two of which are married, hmm, that kind of makes me a slut. So, you know, because he got immature and didn't think through, um, you know, the developmental issues that were going on with why about my daughter, I almost said her name, I don't want to say her name, um, why she's, she's talking this way as a, as a kid instead of being an adult or even coming with us to see for yourself what's going on because he always had, he was never excluded. Um, he decided to be a big baby about it. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put up with that. I'm not your mother and I'm not going to be treated like I'm doing something wrong when I'm not. And I never even tried to hide it, you know, so, so that was the end of that relationship. And, um, you know, I never really jumped from one to another. I always kind of tested the waters. And in the beginning, it was actually kind of traumatic. I remember the first date that I went on when I finally decided, okay, it's time. My dad happened to call me and my dad was awesome. I think if it weren't for my dad, I really wouldn't be able to relate to men at all. But um, he called me and I'm crying. He's like, what's wrong with you? I said, I got a date. I'm sobbing. He's like, well, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. I'm scared. He goes, well, then don't go. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't do this forever, you know. Um, but he, he was just great. And eventually I got over that and I realized that, you know, dating, just dating all by itself without any particular end goal, even though I did have one, it wasn't the most important thing, but just going out and being with a person on a date to kind of get to know them, to have some fun and just have some experiences is actually kind of fun. And I never, I never until that point in my life thought about it that way like it it was always you have to have a boyfriend you know oh you love me and you complete me and that's all crap to be honest with you um you really I don't think anybody's ever going to be happy in their relationship until they're happy within themselves and thankfully I took the time to figure out who I was and why I was the way that I was and then what do I really want out of life and so the things that I'm doing, which have changed throughout the years, um, you know, I can share with somebody and vice versa. And just getting to that point where um, there is that, that deeper connection. And I'm so glad that one of the things I decided early, early on was that I wanted somebody that I could talk to when that's all we have left anymore because in case you don't know I think I think my voice is kind of young I'm actually older (laughs) I mean I hate to say this but I am I'm older I'm I'm 57 as of right now and um, so you know I'm past that stage in life where ladies have their issues and the guy that I'm with that I've been with for a long time I met him in 
Well, I met him in 2003. We started dating in 2005. We moved in together in 2008 to give you how long that took. Okay, so nothing was rushed. But now here we are and he's older and he's got health problems. You know, he's got guy problems. So thankfully, we kind of went through that together. There's not that issue of why won't she? Why won't he? You know, you don't love me anymore kind of thing. But um, he's also got some other serious health problems. And so in February of this year, he um, he's a diabetic and he got an infection. We actually this went on for two years but in February of this year he, he did lose his um, leg below the knee so I'm I'm with a person who is an amputee and if I'm being honest back in my old self before I learned all these different things about myself and, and deciding what I wanted out of a relationship I don't think I would have been with somebody like him um, an amputee or somebody who had some sort of of, of a handicap and, and that's a terrible thing to say I know it's discriminatory but you know it's honest and at this point though having grown and having known no you know getting to know him and connecting I don't I don't see him that way um, obviously I can see that he doesn't have a foot anymore but he's still the same person he was when I met him the same person that I've grown to love and who's grown to love me and so now my perspective is much different. I, you know, I'm concerned about his health. I don't want him to, you know, I don't want him to pass away. Um, so making sure that his health is taken care of, even though he's not 100% whole physically, um, I still have him. Uh, I'm trying to explain something and I think I'm really stumbling over it. And I hope that you can see what it is that I'm saying and why it's so important to figure out not just visually what you want, but inside, inside somebody's mind and their soul so that you can connect with a person past the physical um, because that part, it can go away. It can change. And even in a, in a normal day-to-day -day growing up kind of situation, I mean, people get fat, they get gray hair, they get wrinkles guys go well women could go bald too but people lose their hair you know you start growing warts and growing hair where it didn't used to be and all kinds of things that are just the natural part of the aging process and if you think that you are always going to look the way you look you're wrong there too um some of us age more gracefully than others but most of us are kind of in the middle there and things happen so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that it was somebody that I could stand talking to because I certainly didn't want to look over somebody and think, oh, I can't stand you anymore. Well, you know, so anyway, that's my thoughts on dating and a little bit of my history. Again, please, if, if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me and I hope everybody's having a great day. Please stay safe and stay healthy. Bye-bye. God bless.